In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. No, I was thinking about us watching the Poughkeepsie tapes for this episode. Mm. Then I found this bag of tapes outside my door. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I think that that's what we ended up watching instead. Yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy that you found many DV tapes in this day and age in the year of our Lord 2022. That's crazy. I feel like you have to go, go back in time all the way to 2006, 2007 to get your hands on those. Yeah. <clears throat> what you drinking? Okay, I'm glad you asked. I've said this before on the show. My favorite summer drink is 21st Amendment Brewing's Come Hell or High Watermelon. They that I discovered yesterday had a seasonal alternative on that, which is mango. And I cracked it open and good Lord, it is just mango. And it's <laughs> it, it, like, it tastes like natural mango, not like weird artificial mango flavoring, but they just went full bore with that shit. I don't think it's something I can drink all the time because I, I would even say that mango cart is a bit more well-balanced than this. But uh, still very high quality, very happy with it. What are you drinking? Before I get into what I'm drinking, I am going to note that you guys all kind of converted me onto the mango cart train Yeah. for as far as summer drinks go. And they released a, a variety pack that also had like melon cart and guava cart. Yes. They're all fan-fucking-tastic. They, they are. It's just like the fucking holy trinity of fruit beers for me, and I love them very dearly. But Alan is currently on his diet shit, mm. and so I've been drinking hard seltzers. Wait, don't go yet. I've been drinking high noon sun sips, and they, where they deviate from the 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 hard seltzer melange is that it's made with real vodka instead of malt, as so many other seltzers are. So it's just vodka and real juice and sparkling water. And it's 100 calories a can. And I've already had... I'm on my sixth can of these bad boys. And they are delicious. What's the ABV uh, on those? It's a 4.5. Okay. No, that's not bad either. Again, 100 calories a can. But to get things started, <laughs> while I was at the liquor store, I also purchased a Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine shot of mm. Apple Pie Moonshine. So let's fucking sink this shit and get right into it. Woo! Mm. Oh, God. B burning. <laughs> Delicious burning. <laughs> I was, when I was picking up this uh, Hell or High Mango, whatever the fuck this is called. Hell or High Mango, yeah. I also saw Lafroig and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, $45? Mm, nah, never mind. I got bills. <sighs> I keep seeing like the old Smoky Moonshine stuff. And I keep being tempted, but I don't know if I'm tempted enough to buy the whole fucking like jar that they. Yeah, sell exactly. If there's a like a banana one and like banana, banana and pickles are like two of my favorite things on the planet because I'm a pregnant woman. There, there is a whole <laughs> <laughs> smoky does a banana moonshine now. A banana cream moonshine. I drink that. I love banana. They, they also do a pickle moonshine with actual pickles in the jar. You know what's sad? I've never done a pickleback before. Oh, I love a good pickleback. I, I really want to do one. When you come out, we should do that. 
Sure. Anyway, this is the Jameson Tapes, and typically I say we watched a movie. We didn't. <laughs> no, we watched a feature-length piece of media, technically speaking. Yeah. yeah, and spoilers for the rest of these, for our my entire opinion of the thing we just watched. I don't think it functions well as a movie. <laughs> no, no, do not. I love it. But viewing it as a one hour and a half experience does not function coherently as, no. as, as that, that way. No. You need to do the deep dives and the research. Anyway, I think this is kind of a treat. Yes. So, I mean, we both seen this. We both know our opinions on it. It should be pretty typically, obvious. Typically when we do these, at least one of us hasn't seen what we're watching. Usually it's both, but mm -hmm. this is something I've seen multiple times. I think this is my third uh, viewing. As we watched the first season of Marble Hornets. Woo! Anyone who knows internet horror at least knows what Marble Hornets is. There have been many Slender Man's series on the interwebs. Some of them good, a lot of them terrible. <laughs> yeah. But this was the OG. Arguably, nothing else has more concretely solidified slender man into the internet's consciousness more than rubble hornets obviously I'd make, I'd make the argument that nothing has concretely solidified what internet horror is yeah we're going to discuss a lot of tropes this established said tropes this influenced an entire genre of video games whose reverberations are still being felt in random shit that gets released on itch.io there are theatrical releases that have attempted to capture an iota of what marble hornets is and have failed hard oh hard and you can levy honest criticism at marble hornets absolutely you can but you can never ever downplay the influence and just the staggering quality and vision that this has you really can. It's just, it's, it stands as a monolith as far as internet horror is regard, in regards. This, this came out, I, I think, like, the date we saw was, like, 2009, 2010? Something like that, yeah. And it is 2022, and we can see the impact of Marble Hornets in media being released to this day. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say, if I had to, like, give you the biggest most quality productions of like the found footage genre it would be <clears throat> in in chronological order the blair witch ringu and marble hornets i think like as far as like influence and public interest on how to decode something you cannot beat any of those and their effects on cinema and just art mm -hmm. are like you cannot escape them if you've seen them you see them everywhere Without Marble Hornets, there is no Slender video game. No. Then there is no Five Nights at Freddy's. Right, that's, exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the baseline fucking comparison I can make. One of the Let's Play channels I follow, because I'm a fucking millennial, is John Wolf. And he gave like a ranking of like the most influential horror video games. And he put Five Nights at Freddy's pretty high. And a bunch of people gave him shit for it. And he was like, I'm not saying it's better. I'm saying it's influential. Five Nights at Freddy's has had a concrete, permanent impact on horror video games. But Five Nights at Freddy's would not exist without Slender. And Slender would not exist without Marble Hornets. It just would not. Fun fact, they did the sequel to Slender, the Slender the Arrival. Which I played. And the, the Marble Hornets guys were were consultants on the second one. No way! That's awesome. You, you look at the opening credits, all their, all their names are in there. I like Slender the Arrival. I really like the only place playthrough. 
which is also <laughs> funny because they legitimately get scared by it because it is like, again, it's a good video game because its source material is really strong and it has its flaws. Like the source material has its flaws, but it is such a, the more innocent time in internet history yeah. where there was not the hyper vigilance that there is today. That's the other big thing. Marble Hornets gave birth to ARGs. Oh yeah, in a major way. The literal business model around making a, a YouTube channel and decoding other people's stuff. There were there were ARGs before Marble yes, Hornets. Yes, yes, you're all right. All the super the super fucking corporate ones. Yeah, what? Like, I, I'm pretty sure I Love Bees was before Marble Hornets. Wasn't wasn't Year Zero by Nine Inch Nails before this, or was that after? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm tickled because I'm currently working on a thing revolving around <laughs> Year Zero. I've literally for the past week been recording. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I'm doing a deep dive on Year Zero because there is not enough of a deep dive on it on the internet, and it oh, upsets me. No, yeah, strike that niche, man. Anyway, there was there was I Love Bees. There was Year Zero. I feel like I'm missing a big one. Probably. There. Like, um, didn't fucking goddamn it, Clover field have one or something yes uh, jj abrams was in on that shit pretty early yeah. with lost specifically oh true true so i think the arg stuff is the best thing about lost which i watched a season and a half of and decided i was done i watched three um, episodes and went this is dumb why am i watching this <laughs> boring it took me a season and a half to realize that all the intriguing questions they were asking were ones they didn't have actual answers to yet yeah i kind of looked um, at that and went i'm gonna go back and play blood rain 2 bye <laughs> Which just, that should give you a measurement of how good my taste is and things but i was like i don't know, i'm good whatever but yeah a args man ARGs, args and i would say unlike its successors Marble Hornets can be viewed outside of its ARG component and still yeah. be a very, very, very good found footage series. You don't have to watch yeah. to the art. We're we're talking about how, like maybe as as like just a straightforward experience, it isn't as strong. But like counterpoint to that, Ebert hmm. apparently watched the first season of Marble Hornets and thought it was fucking brilliant. I good <laughs> he's had some bad takes in the past but i'm glad he could at least yeah. recognize that so let's i guess get into it more than we've already gotten into it now this begs the question is there a point because i can't imagine anyone in our audience does not know what marble hornets is and does not know what the story of marble hornets is is there a really I a point to going beat by beat for this plot because I don't Not think there beat, is. I don't think there's a point to going beat by beat. I think maybe a some merit to getting into our theories. Sure, sure. The the overarching of our theories and for this show in general <laughs> is maybe don't go into abandoned houses anymore. <laughs> you know what, guys? Urbex is really cool. Wear have protection, please. If you're twenty, oh. if you're invinci if you think you're invincible, you're not. You're not. Black Mold doesn't care how old you are. Seriously. I know it's really cool. Ventilator mask. Just, just something. Oh, man. Be careful, everybody, because, man, okay. Gosh, <laughs> where to start? This, okay, um, Marble Hornets is ostensibly about young people failing at their dreams and blaming each other for it, which is, I think, a very relatable 
Yeah, a very relatable message and premise, especially. And I know, okay, we're, we're sorry, we're not going to get into Marble Hornets. We're going to get into the meta textual stuff around Marble Hornets. Everyone who saw Marble Hornets was like, "I can do that," <laughs> including yes. both of us. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh -oh. I'll, I'll start with mine because mine's shorter. But I watched Marble Hornets. It was like, I have access to a camera and editing software. Fuck you. And so I made a cringy, terrible thing that is still up on the internet. And I'm not going to tell you where it is because anyone who knows, probably Beth, knows where it is and can find it. But I made my own stupid half-assed ARG series and it is up there. I am forever jealous of the Marble Hornets crew and wherever the fuck they shot on location because Southern California is devoid of forests and random buildings you can just go in. You can't do that out here. I had to okay. really drive for where I fucking got footage. I don't have an excuse on that front except for that I don't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably be able to find good places to shoot here. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can fucking cut an embarrassing-ass video before this episode goes up of <laughs> some shit from Alan Slender series, which was called Noisy Neighbors 86, because the premise, the premise of the creation of the channel was my main character, played by me, named Brian, recording sounds from his neighbors who were, being too, who were making too much noise so he could be, would be able to file a complaint against them. Oh. He was trying to get video like audio video proof of like the shit going on next door and we had the slender man in my series but i had a premise that involved it not actually being the slender man that was going to get revealed but then i also found out that other people were doing the idea i had so uh. then, and also yeah my slender man was going to be a tulpa and the reason it was pr present as the slender man is because our main character was aware of who the slender man was I, you know what though? That's a great idea. That's the type of idea of like, no one owns that. So yeah, I, I it, applaud that. I really do. Marble Hornets is such lightning in a bottle because yeah, no, there, 100%. there are parts of it where we were watching just now. And we're like, wow, that was really bad. Like really, really bad. You shouldn't have done that. There's so many mistakes in there, but there's enough of quality presentation and it was just at the right place in the right time which is 2009 on YouTube of just like no one else did this. And, you know, it's kind of the thing of like, if you ever feel bad about you, whatever like creative thing you're working on, like didn't hit so much of what succeeded is just luck. Like it's yeah. just fucking luck. Do not feel bad about that. No one can really predict. So much luck. of it is like, you can throw us so much shit against the wall. Eventually, maybe something will stick. Sure. I don't even. I don't even think they expected this to be. The no. Thing that stuck to them. No. I'm pretty sure there's like recordings of them at conventions going like, "Yeah, we we didn't know what we were doing. We we, we just did it." And that is I, that is the reckless abandon you should take with your creative projects because who knows? The, the original something awful post about like creating a cryptid was where this specifically spe spun off from. Mm -hmm. And it became so different from like the lore that was being established that they decided, oh, this isn't the Slender Man. We have to come up with our own name for it. Right. But this was created as something for the Something Awful Forums. 
I feel older the more we discuss Marvel Hornets. Uh, there's probably a reason my brain just laps into, hey, remember New Metal and Three Days Grace? <laughs> <laughs> That's every episode of James and Tapes now is just, what New Metal song can I link into what I'm watching? <laughs> One of these days. It might be five years from now, it might be ten years from now. Bisbee and I might be in our 50s. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna make us a fucking movie, and there's gonna be so much fucking new metal on the soundtrack. <laughs> it's gonna be the most dated piece of shit, but I'm not gonna care. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the time when, like, what we what we're doing is considered like people nowadays trying to like make 70s and 80s slasher movies. Yeah. Maybe we'll be old enough that like 2000 slasher movies won't be. No, it will. Dated will be in vogue like really the, the whole the era of like blade and oh god i'm drunk what's it called fuck vampire thing with werewolves uh, underworld underworld like that whole era is coming back and i think everyone is not prepared for it but that's coming back because it's been long enough and it's gonna be like it's gonna be that era of schlock because it is schlock at this point but we're just going to embrace it and not give a shit. I did see X, by the way. I have not seen X yet. I need to see X. It is it is quite good. Ooh, excellent. I very much enjoyed it. But talking about like other movies. things. Yeah. Circling, circling back. Uh, and the cat's knocking over my empties. <laughs> so um, Marble Hornets. So Marble Hornets. Like, we can't go over the plot start with the premise though sure the premise is that our main character who we who we now know to be jay mm -hmm. asked his old friend from film school alex hey whatever happened to all those tapes from that student film you were working on i found i found i found a bunch of them what do you want me to do with them alex is just like burn, burn them and this is this is not a scene of dialogue that happens we get this all in text yes so this is jay pouring through tapes from a student film that that alex was working on called marble hornets called marble hornets the name marble hornets doesn't mean anything Nope. As Jay pours through these tapes, he finds evidence of spooky stuff happening with not Slenderman, because he's <laughs> he is the operator. Basically, there was there was lore established for the Slenderman that the creators of the Marble Hornets web series didn't want to adhere to. Mm -hmm. They decided he was his own thing, and this is the operator. Which is it's funny because as much as they tried to do that, everyone on the internet was like, "Oh my god." Slenderman can interfere with electronics and Slenderman can teleport and Slenderman like it didn't mean anything yeah. which I'm it not holding against anybody that's just how it happened the original like canon of the Slenderman where he like had like crazy ass tentacles and specific and exclusively stalked like children that's not present in Marble Hornets and Marble nope. Hornets kind of became the kind of de facto the, the, the de facto canon yeah for for what the Slenderman is and a lot of people these days don't even know about the Something Awful posts. Like, they just know. They don't even know Marble Hornets. They just know what Slender Man is today. And... I can tell you right now that the fucking Travel Channel doesn't know. <laughs> That's true. That is true. The Travel Channel is convinced he's 100% a real thing that happens. <laughs> real people. Oh, God boy. damn it. God. So, I have cable now. Oh, la-di-da. And man has watching that channel... In an experience. <laughs> it's like 
if I'm ever in a hotel, I turn, I, I immediately go, "Did we have the Travel Channel?" Oh, thank God, Ghost Adventures is on. Zach Baggins has like fucked that channel. He has. He has. He has fucked that channel. So. And I love it because it wasn't much beforehand. Like before Zach Baggins, the Travel Channel was cribs for rich people, and that was it. And he just came along and was like, fuck that. We're hunting ghosts in random bullshit towns across middle America. It's <laughs> done to the travel channel. Nine times out of ten, when I turn to the travel channel, it's liars um, yeah. telling a story about a cryptid and some really shitty actors putting on a horror movie that costs $9 yeah. <laughs> about what they're talking about. Yeah, the travel channel um, has like lost its identity and it's fucking hilarious. Aside from that is I haven't watched it specifically, but I, I am aware that Travel Channel has done episodes of their cryptid bullshit about Ugh. the Slender Man. Ugh, God. Spoke, spoken in the same breath as like Mothman and Bigfoot and all the other well-known cryptids. Nope. Y'all mm. birthed Slender Man out of our mind vaginas and now yep. it's... Now it's real. Now it's real. So, yeah, the, the bulk of the series is our protagonist, who we very rarely see on camera because most of what he does is just looking at footage. Yep. So it's Jay looking through footage of the filming of this student film and realizing that some weird shit's going on, man. Yep. And that that's the bulk of season one, but also as it continues on, Jay takes a more more active role in the series in, in trying to investigate and goes to a house and steals things. <laughs> goes to a house multiple times. Goes to a house multiple times and steals things. <laughs> Just wanders around and gets tackled and then goes back after that. <laughs> Look, um, there, there, there's flaws here, but it's not important. Yeah, multiple flaws. I'm willing to say that Jay being a dumbass is not a flaw of the series. Well, like, that's kind of like, it, it's almost like this series is taking people's flaws and amplifying them. Alex is an asshole. Jay yeah. is an idiot. Tim is just, Tim's just out of it kind, most kind of the time. Kind of, aloof, kind of aloof and mysterious. Yeah, that's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of it is to cover up like why they do the stupid shit that they do. And they do a lot of stupid shit. But they are student filmmakers in their 20s. They're yeah. dumb. I can speak from personal experience on this. Yeah, no, I was a dumbass in my 20s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's almost bulletproof as far as like, why would some dumbass kid do? Oh, it's a dumbass kid. Right. Okay. And there are, are several shots throughout this season one that I think are as effective of horror as you can do in the like late 2000s. Mm -hmm. with zero budget so this is a series that is made on an inferior camera on an inferior media storage device and really utilizes that to its fullest extent it is lo-fi it is glitchy it is often like filters are used to obscure details in the pursuit of making things difficult to make out that is the best thing to do in horror like if you show your monster you can't do it very in plain view because then the scare goes away so you have to keep it as a threat and in this series everything is a threat just looking like there are scenes where there's just actors acting in a scene and you're constantly scanning the background going where's slender man or the operator what's he doing like you start to turn into an investigator going like frame by frame what is happening where is everything and that is like i think this series biggest strength is just making you question what you're seeing 
very few movies can even achieve that these days of like i i am hyper vigilant of what is going to happen next and that will forever be marble hornet's strongest legacy of just you are on edge going what is going to happen in the 90s there was a wrestling company called extreme championship wrestling or ecw and their owner slash promoter was a dude named paul Heyman. and what paul Heyman realized because this was an independent wrestling promotion early on was accentuate the positives and don't even address the negatives they didn't have the budget for like fancy cameras or pyro so fuck it why go there mm-hmm. we we have we have great wrestling talent we have all of that that's what needs to be pushed forward and in this case you've got you know like no budget for any sort of creature effect or anything like that so we we just show it in glimpses and that makes it all the more effective that Mm -hmm. we only see it in glimpses and we're filming with like shitty equipment that's fine the shitty equipment is part of the story and also there's all this distortion and all this audio distortion and video distortion okay so god i'm fucking old this came out a while ago and Back in the day, distorting audio was a scary thing. Nowadays, distorting audio was done entirely for comedic effect. So it is hard not to to hear the actors just go, yeah, I think we need to call the fire department and not burst out laughing, which is nothing against the show. It's just how things have aged. But yeah, I think I think it speaks to the effectiveness of this. And I think there are things to take away from Marble Hornet's a lot of people took the wrong things away from Marvel Hornets in yeah. attempting to pursue their own horrific endeavors. Yeah. But I think one of the positive things I said, accentuate the positives, don't even address your negatives. Yeah. Because those negatives are going to be there if you're like filming on your camera phone or any any shit like that. Have that play into the realism. Not to mention, like, I remember when the first Lord of the Rings movie came out from Peter Jackson, there was like an interview done where someone came up with all like the inconsistencies and the mistakes and like had them on set for like the interview. And he was like, do you know there's a fucking like tractor in the background of when they're running through the cornfield and shit? Like I, you could have $80 billion behind your production. You're gonna make a mistake and someone's gonna find it. It does not matter how professionally you are. So the fact that Marble Hornets is riddled with mistakes and questionable choices, but all of that is baked into the fact that these are a bunch of failed student film actors. It's kind of genius of just like anything. You could explain everything away of like, well, they don't know what they're doing. And they didn't know with these uploads, they don't know what they're doing whatever canonically canonically they just don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah <laughs> it's great it's, it's this wonderful like specter of incompetence and from that incompetence breeds danger it feeds into itself it's really good i feel like we also need to address to the arc yes yes we do because if you want to talk about aspects of this show that became a trope holy fucking shit <laughs> oh boy it's done effectively here but Going back to the thing I said about, like, maybe people taking the wrong things away from the success of Marble Hornets. Yeah. Stop stop ripping off to the arc, everybody. Stop doing that. <laughs> when I did my initial run of Marble Hornets, I just completely ignored to the arc because I felt it was a distraction. I also personally, purely personally, I hate puzzles. 
because mm. my job is unraveling people's puzzles and fixing it for them. So when I want to consume media and be entertained, that's the last thing I want to do. Same goes for like video games. If there's a puzzle, I yell to Paprika to come in and fix it for me because she's really good at them. So like I, I looked at that and went, eh, whatever, I don't care. Like ARGs, whatever. I respect them. I respect them when they're very well done and the work that goes into them. I just don't personally care. But the great thing about Marble Harness was that you could view the ARG elements as a separate entity. They didn't have to be viewed alongside. Everything uh, after Marble Hornets is like the ARG, that's front and center. Look at my binary code up in the top right whilst the story is happening. And I right. really don't appreciate that because it's so distracting. The other, the other side of that and where I'm coming from is that Marble Hornets was so popular that by the time an episode dropped and I watched it, any to the arc thing that got posted was already solved and I yeah. could just go look at what it was. Yeah, and that's just the um, internet. Things cannot be a mystery anymore for the most part. I watched the to the arc stuff, but I didn't have to fucking decode shit. Yeah, why bother? And again, I'm not knocking it. Like it, the fact that entire communities can organically grow out of that and just like be hyper vigilant and decode things. That's really cool. And I bet the the creators love that that happens. But for viewers like me, I'm just like, yeah, that's nice. If it adds something very important to the story, it should just be in the main content. I don't appreciate having to spend extra time to unlock something. If that's the creator's intention. Totally get it. Not going to hold that against them, but I just want to watch something. There's a series that just wrapped up called The Ten Tapes, which I can tell a lot of effort was put into it. I can, the, the acting is reasonably well done. It's, it was mostly done on TikTok. Oh, well, okay. And, but so, 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 so very much of the progression of the series had to do with codes and shit like that. And I was, I... I'm prepared to eventually watch a summary of the series when that comes out. Mm -hmm. I'll probably enjoy that. But like taking a small dive into it and looking at what was going on, I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, like, I don't know. I think ARGs are a young man's game at this point. Cause (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, oh man. So much of this episode is me feeling old. I was, I was playing, I, I picked up Mario tennis. And I was like, this is a fun game. And then I went to the online multiplayer and it got my ass handed to me so thoroughly (laughs) that I legit had like an existential panic attack of like coming to terms with my own age of that's, oh, that's cute, Abysme. You picked up a video game that's like a month old. Everyone's fucking cracked this video game and everyone is already the best at it possible. That is life now. And... I like had to take a night of, you know what? That's okay. I don't have to be good at video games anymore. I have a full-time job. I have a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> that is okay. It's it's okay. But like literally, like that is so much of this shit. Like it's like there's a new ARG out. Cool. Someone else can solve it. I don't have time. I'm sorry. I have other shit that's important to me. Doing podcasts is one of them. Making music. I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm currently in my free time playing a game called Rumbleverse. Oh yeah is a free-to-play battle royale no one leave yet it is a professional wrestling battle royale mm-hmm. uh, in the same vein as Fortnite. only it's like all melee and grappling sure uh, professional wrestling stuff and i've been playing it for a couple weeks now if you want to know if i have one ever won a match of rumbleverse 
no. Mm-hmm. And I, I am able to walk away from that game after a night of playing it, satisfied, you know, oh, I got five eliminations in that match. That's cool. Because I secure in the knowledge that I have other shit I need to be doing. Really, though, yeah. It's a young man's game. Like, the, the fucking kids who are out of school because it's summer and have nothing better to do, they get to do all this. I do yeah. not. <laughs> I don't have that time. And that's all right. What were we talking about, Marble Hornets? (laughs) (laughs) Look, okay, we said from the beginning this was not going to be beat for beat. This is just, this Uh, is, this half this episode's about Marble Hornets. Half this episode is the fact that we're looking back in time. We're looking back in time at an age where, like, the internet still had maybe a smidgen of innocence left. You were talking about the idea that Alex was filming himself constantly was a weird thing back then. Like, why would you do that? What an invasion of privacy. How vain. There's constant questioning on behalf of Jay. It's like, it's so strange that Alex just keeps filming himself all the time. And God damn, we live in the era where we all have cameras on us all the time. Yeah. I'm 34 years old and I have a TikTok account. (laughs) And the only reason I don't is because I have two friends who constantly feed me all the best TikToks, so I never have to make an account. But, like, I I legitimately had to take a, like, I, I quit Twitter, for anyone who doesn't know. Like, my account's still up there. I just don't do anything on it because I got overloaded on social media because it's just that bad for me. And this idea of constantly filming yourself is, it's just, it's accepted now. Back in 2009, when Marble Hornets was released... That was a strange thing. Yeah, people were uploading videos, but no one was just like, no one had a camera trained on them all the time. I think I made the joke while we were watching, like, like if, if Marble Hornets existed today, Alex would just have a constant Twitch stream going. And there'd be like a bunch of Zoomer lingo and Tim would be faking, taking fat rips off of his vape. And oh my God, like HelloFresh would like work into there somehow as a sponsorship. I guess that's one of the things that makes Marble Hornets special is you can't do this again. It is of its time in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like Blair Witch. You can't do that again. We, we just, you know, we're all too mature as far as awareness of the internet, awareness of things. If someone like came out with a movie trailer and said like, this is based on real events, someone within five minutes would be able to debunk it. You just can't do that. So being able to look back on this and just remember a time of, this was all brand new. No one knew what was going on and the guerrilla fashion in which entries were released. We mentioned like, Viewing this as an hour and a half movie does not really work. Like, if you've seen it before, like we have, it's fine. You know what to look for. I remember a time in my life where I'd get notifications that, like, Marble Hornets had uploaded, and it was the most fucking exciting thing to happen that day. It's it's amazing. And maybe a year after this, a whole industry on YouTube came about of, like, examining and explaining ARGs, which is still going on today, of course, but the magic for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, is very much gone of there's a new ARG out. Well, yeah, because there's there's like a textbook out there of how to do ARGs. We know yeah. where they're posted. We know where, like, what subreddits to follow. There's an entire infrastructure devoted to ARGs. And that kind of flies in the face of uh, a mysterious internet mystery popping up. Like, you just don't Let's have this anymore. <laughs> briefly talk about the back rooms. Oh, <laughs> fuck. 
Okay. Started with a very intriguing video God that was damn really it. well done, and now there's all this lore. No, stop. <laughs> I, I, I've said this in so many places online of like, the backrooms is a great idea. The minute someone made a fucking SCP wiki about it, like, no, stop. Uh, Why? Yeah. Why? Okay, we're done. It's fine. It was a cool video. We could just walk away. It was such a good premise, too, because being caught in a stuffy, artificial environment, a lot of people can connect to. And it's, it was capitalizing on, like, kind of the whole, like, liminal spaces thing that going too. On, on Twitter at the time, too. That, too. Like, for, for me, um, it was always reminiscent of the fact that my mom would used to take me to work for Take Your Child to Work Day. And she used to work in, like, a gigantic fucking office with cubicles and people I didn't know and I couldn't I couldn't leave this room. I couldn't leave this floor. And it was just like just rows and rows of gray cubicles of people working on all what might as well have been the same shit. Like that's just being trapped in a space. And I'm like, that's perfect. And they, the back rooms encapsulates that. And then they're like, but also these cryptids come out of the walls. And it's like, why? God damn it. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, just leave this idea and make a new one. Legit, why does everything have to be? Had, I legit had this feeling like recently as without giving away where I work. The place where I work is part of, part of a huge, huge series of buildings. Yeah. A campus. And I was in a position where I had, I was working two shifts there was an eight hour gap between my two shifts and i was like well i don't want to pay to like take a lift home and come back here after eight hours i'm mm -hmm. gonna bring a change of clothes and find a place to stay here overnight mm -hmm. this huge ass building and i did but like late night navigating like an office building that is immense it had had me feeling a certain way and yeah. that's that hey back rooms that was your strength yeah not fucking scribble monsters. I I, I can't Whatever like the, the main one of the main themes of the backrooms was isolation. Okay. And then someone goes, "Yeah, but what if it was filled with shit?" That completely oh. it, it, no. <laughs> Did you not understand the original appeal? Like, whatever. And that's just what the internet does. Something cool will come out next, and it'll be driven into the ground. That's just how these things go. What were we talking about? Marble Hornets. Oh, right, Marble Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, we joke, but that's the point, is Marble Hornets is so influential on internet horror. The whole lo-fi aspect of the backrooms, you could trace back to Marble Hornets if you really want to. The idea that something around the corner is going to be this thing that's going to fuck with your ability to comprehend reality. That goes back to Marble Hornets. It's all this very, very obvious and blatant through line. It's always interesting to look back at this and then look at other Slender Man content that came after it because it all mostly pales in comparison. I will give a shout out to Everyman Hybrid. I like the Everyman Hybrid a lot. I respect that series a lot. I could not keep up with it. It just got too meta. And again, that's yeah. me. That's totally my preference. I just, you know, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. That's, I, I like thinking about it. That's literally the only one I want to shout out. <laughs> I, oh man, I remember I watched a bit of 12 Tribes and I was just like, this is just, this is just wanking over your filter effects in Adobe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. That's right. Marble Hornets and Everyman Hybrid are pretty, pretty much where I'd cut it off. Yeah. Slender the Arrival is great. Other than that, like, yeah, no. The Slender Man movie sucks, of course. And if you're playing Slender the Arrival, you don't need to play the first one. No, because it's in there. It's that and more. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, the entire idea of like finding the eight pages, that to this day is the template for video games of find the thing before thing 
you know, hunts you to death. Like, what a simple concept, but I think entry two or something in Marble Horns. So, like, that's where that's where the eight pages came from, right here. Running around a forest and Slenderman stalking you. In this first season, you see the actual pages. You see their yep. Slenderman special effect, which <laughs> is fine. <laughs> it's fine for what it, it is. It gets, it gets better in later seasons. But season one, it's just okay. And it gets a little recursive. There's like three episodes... Three entries in season one of Jay going back to the house. <laughs> and that's just progressively going, Jay, stop. Yeah. This house is half demolished and it was also burned. It, was, it gets worse for him every time he goes back. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, you could like, you could do an interpretation there of just this, the nature of obsession and unhealthy addiction to things. That's definitely in there. I really like the fact that season one ends with alex trying to move on and his own personal demons and his obsession infecting the people close to him and that he can't really escape it and i would never say like oh marble hornets should have stopped at season one but season one ends perfectly they could have just yeah, stopped it, the whole it, thing there. It does have an effective ending with a with a good shot of old Slendy. It will come in as as much as I previously ragged on the special effect itself. I mentioned the whole accentuate the positive, hide the negatives thing. Mm -hmm. The the way the way we only get glimpses of of the Slender Man is done really, really, really well. And if it's the first time you've seen it, it's perfectly effective. I remember a couple years ago, like Paprika had never seen any of this. She just heard of it. Yeah. And I was like, you want to just like watch a few entries because we can just literally do that. And she couldn't make it past like four because of how effective it was. And it's just not her type of horror, which is perfectly valid. And I think that really to this, like, that speaks to Marble Hornet's strengths. The average person is not prepared to consume what Marble Hornets is. It is lo-fi. It is gorilla. It is shocking it is unnerving and it's not even in the whole like and, and everyone's expecting jump scares of thing flashes on screen loud sound effect happens that's not what marble hornets does it is like oh shit there it is and i've been lulled into a sense of security of this undercurrent of white noise that i got used to so i just don't even recognize it anymore that's how effective and genius this shit is so i had when we did the bye bye man i had discussed the idea that that it would like bore me and then put out a jump scare. Sure. <laughs> Where like it's like, oh, I'm starting to nod off. Oh, there's a jump scare. Uh, Marble Hornets, as as it progresses as well, it's hooked me. Yeah. Even even in the moments where it feels like it's boring or nothing's happening, I'm so hooked and focused on it that it's able to get me in that way. Yeah. And that's hey, it took us a few episodes, but we've finally broken down how to do an effective jump scare. Get us interested, get us invested, and then that's how you how you how you really fuck us. <laughs> I think that's just cinematography or like filmmaking 101 is if you get people invested, if you have their attention, they're at your whim. You can really do whatever you want with them at that point, and that's the beauty of cinema. It's manipulation of your audience, but you can't manipulate an audience you do not have control over. And Marble Hornets achieves that because it was released at the right time in the right format that is very very difficult to do we will not see another marble hornets for a while it'll probably happen on tiktok you know it'll happen on whatever the current form is back in 2009 it was youtube who knows what it'll be when the next happens i don't know but i am excited to yeah. see it
who knows, by the next time it happens, Abysme and I might be old men trying to secure the rights to Disturbed songs <laughs> to put in our movies. <laughs> Universal, I want to make a $10 budget film. Can you please give me the rights to Stupefy? I need it. <laughs> you know what? If I'm 50 and we're still doing this show and I'm trying to make horror movies, I count that as a win. I have nothing negative to say. If, if, if that's where I'm at, cool. Cool. <laughs> no, I'm living my best life at that point. Not giving what a fuck. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I think we're at that point where, number one, oh, God. Can you even ascribe a spider room moment to Marble Hornet season one? I can. Okay. I was thinking about it a lot while it was happening. My spider room moment is going to be Tim just finger fucking the shit out of a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I think mine is Jay going over what he stole from Alex's house with a blacklight for no reason. I got a blacklight on this. Why? It's more spooky that way. Also, I robbed a man. Tim, who is a minor character in this first season. Right. Who who was involved in the filming of... Who, who's an actor in the filming of the, the student film. Yes. Jay meets up with him to talk to him doesn't have the camera on his face i don't even know if tim is aware he's being filmed i don't think he is because jay is a dumbass but so the camera's not on his face and it's just on his hands and he just won't stop fiddling with a notebook they're they're like the sexual tension <laughs> of that of just like constantly fidgeting is so apparent tim finger blasting a notebook in my <laughs> spider room moment. Uh, all right well what cocktail do we make one, out yeah, of this how do you even do this? You need to make something that's cheap, but good. But good. Ooh. Well, that's that's like golden triangle. Cheap, good, and fast. We can yeah. do cheap and good. We can't do fast. This is tough. Is this a fast drink or a slow drink? I guess is the first question. Given Marble Hornet's release schedule, it can take some time. Right. I, I, God, this is tough. I really do not know where to start. Okay. The overall experience I had rewatching this with you. Mm-hmm very nostalgic yes and warm yes so i'm going to say we need to do a toddy oh okay we haven't done that yet so i'm going to say we could do a black tea toddy interesting and i'm going to say as someone who's had cheap brandy and expensive brandy now <laughs> i taste no difference so fair enough i'm going to say a cheap brandy toddy you know what? Where we, where we want to go from there. You know what? Yeah, no. Brandy industry, step up your game. Yes. Because <laughs> I've had like Christian Brothers and I've had other brandy and there is no difference. And you're supposed to be this like ultra exclusive VSOP bullshit and all of your shit tastes the same. So a black tea, a black tea and brandy toddy. Okay. Let's throw some, let's throw some spices in there. Some cinnamon and some star star anise. Ooh, okay, so star anise, definitely powerful, so that makes sense. So cinnamon, star yeah. anise, and maybe some cloves. Yeah. Yeah, the marble toddy. <laughs> marble toddy, I, you know, that sounds great. That fits, um, that fits very well. Yeah, I think we did it. <laughs> Shit, cool. Okay. I, will, I will consider drinking this in the colder months because it's too fucking hot for this right now. Yeah, it's way too hot for that right now. Oh my God. Well, I don't know, maybe by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, um, thank you everyone for joining us on our nostalgic trip 
on the Jameson Tapes. Hit us up on fucking Twitter with hashtag Jameson Tapes and any other social media site you can think of. And comment down know, below. Let us, let us know if there's anything else you want to want, want us to watch. Let us know if you'd be interested in hearing us, hearing us one in a season two of uh, Marvel Hornets. Yeah. We got them. <laughs> got them. Be prepared for us to be be more critical because I have I have some thoughts as the series progresses. It uh, things get more intense and they more more vulnerabilities are exposed for sure, yes. which is just naturally how that will progress. But I'm very happy that we could look at season one in a kind of its own little encapsulation because it's very good on its own, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that it holds up. It really does. Yeah. I am going to say that was my question, having not seen it in a few years now. It does. It holds up, in my opinion. It does. I wish we could have seen, like... Maybe just just not viewed as a movie. (laughs) Or, like, I think if the To the Ark stuff was left out, like, it would have made a little bit more sense uh, for people who don't have that context going in. But even then, it is so archetypical of internet horror that you can't not be influenced by it and i will forever praise it for that i think okay right good episode you want to watch the keepsy tapes next maybe i'll think about it the jameson tapes is hosted and created by alan cheney and abysme if you have a movie suggestion for the podcast please leave a comment message us on the creative horror discord or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag Jameson Tapes. Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com.